the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. So I want you to imagine that you're living in a, in a neighborhood and, and you walk to church uh, every, you know, every Sunday and, and you've, you've moved there because the church is great and, and you want to walk to church. And then somebody in the neighborhood moves in after about a decade and doesn't like that and wants to change all the rules and wants your church to shut down and starts using all of these, um, you know, all of these little petty things to irritate, to frustrate and to get you to move. After a while, you might just say, you know what, let's just go. Especially if your church was in a house and it wasn't a big you know, edifice that cost you a lot of money to build. But now let me, let me change one variable. You belong to a church that requires you to walk on Sundays. So you can't live very far from the church. And you and all of your other congregants, you moved into that neighborhood because the church was there. So you paid the price. You may have passed on a house that you really wanted someplace else, but you couldn't have it because you couldn't walk to church. So now all of you, if the church goes out, you all have to move. You all have to change schools with your kids. You have to change your entire life just because one guy says, I don't want you in my neighborhood. Now, how would you feel? If the thing he was complaining about was you didn't have a parking variance for your Sabbath. Remember, no one in the congregation can drive. So there are no cars being parked on the Sabbath. Would you begin to say, I think something's wrong here. That is the story that is happening here in Dallas, as I understand it. And it's not a church. It's a, it's a synagogue. It's a, it's a Jewish place of, of worship. And the people had been, had been going to synagogue on Saturday. It's never caused a problem until one guy moved in. And now they're on the ropes. We have Jeremy, uh, we have Jeremy Dice. He is the Deputy General Counsel of uh, First Liberty Institute. Chelsea Yeoman, she is counsel on this particular case. And Rabbi Yaakov Rich, who is um, the rabbi of the congregation and now a client, unfortunately, of First uh, Liberty Institute. Do I have the general story right? Is that kind of what's happening here? That's exactly what's happening. Um, our clients are so tenacious and they have been dealing with obstacle after obstacle now for the last few years um, at the hands of these neighbors that you mentioned and mm -hmm. at the hands of an HOA. Um, they're now in their third lawsuit and all they want to do is live out faithfully, be able to walk on the Sabbath to their to their small synagogue that meets in a small home in their neighborhood. Um, Which is totally fine with 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 all zoning in Texas. I mean, right? You can have a church or a synagogue or anything in your house. And that's, that's right. It's actually illegal for a city to say a church can't meet in a zone in Texas. I mean, think about it. it our churches could be excluded from any jurisdiction if zoning laws were enforced in this way. Right. And there is no problem with this. I want you to take me down the road and, and maybe Rabbi, 
I don't know who would be best to tell this story, but you were fine and the HOA was fine until this guy moves into the neighborhood long after you guys have been there and he complains to the HOA and the HOA says we have no problem. And then he starts a campaign to smear the HOA and get people to move away. Some of them get some of them so crazy that they just had to move away and others he he put people on the HOA specifically it seems to come after you guys correct eventually he became the president of the HOA it was a it was a personal lawsuit from him then he joined the HOA became the president got board members to join uh, people to join the board pardon me and it became a lawsuit from the HOA against the synagogue and we were very isolated because we are members of the HOA in that community and the HOA was coming after us. Um, but the HOA before, you hadn't changed anything. Before nothing, he got there, nothing. the HOA was fine. In fact, the head of the HOA said to him when he first complained, she said, no, you don't understand. No, this is fine. This is all fine. Let's just learn to live together. Yeah. Let's, let's be neighborly. Let's be neighbors. And we're walking to the synagogue. And it's actually quite nice. And uh, once the lawsuit came, tremendous anxiety on the part of the membership of the synagogue. We're talking about 25 families maximum. It's all the people who live within walking distance, and everybody's nervous. We have to sell our house. We have to go look somewhere. Like you explained so beautifully and eloquently at the beginning, you're literally going to have to disrupt your entire life. Entire life. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I mean, first of all, when he moved in, he, cl- he claims this is hurting his, his resale value of his house, right? But is his house up for sale? And did it, was his house property, was it affected in home prices when he bought it? Because you guys have been doing it for 10 years before. <laughs> well, I think that's the excuse that every HOA complainant right. usually has. This is going to hurt my, my, my home values. This is the perfect confluence of government bureaucracy overrun, everybody's favorite neighbor, the HOA, uh, and, and the, the rights of religious liberty here and the free exercise of that on certain property. And as Chelsea pointed out, they have a right to be able to be there as a matter of right under the city ordinance here. What we're quibbling over right now, after many rounds of discussions with the city of Dallas, is over six parking spaces, for goodness sake, for a for a, a congregation that doesn't drive on the Sabbath. You would think that that would be a simple solution here to allow people to go there. But, you know, I think underlying all this is exactly what you pointed out. There is a, a, a desire to push back on this specific group of religious exercise, uh, as uh, I don't know if it was mentioned earlier, but remember Rabbi Rich had his car vandalized with the spray painting of a swastika on it. I didn't know that. They've had to they've had to get a grant from the federal government to maintain better security at their their place of worship because of the threats that have come in here. But that's exactly what happens when we don't allow people to have the freedom to peacefully exercise their religious beliefs, and that's why First Liberty's been involved in this case from the beginning. I'm sorry, Rabbi, that. Somebody did that to you, and I'm sorry for all of your congregants that uh, no longer feel that they are safe in their own neighborhood. Yeah, pretty disconcerting. And we had the mezuzah, which is the parchment that we put on the doorway, ripped off, and it was thrown about 20 feet in front of the door on the sidewalk in front. So, I mean, these things happened all around the same time when the lawsuit was coming, and uh, it, uh, it was very, very difficult as a rabbi of a congregation. People were... The fear and the anxiety and the isolation was a tremendous, difficult thing to deal with. So 
what is the solution here? I mean, are we down to because the, the, the HOA keeps saying, if I'm not mistaken, you got to do this and then you do it. And then you got to do this. And then you do it. You got to do this. And then you do it. And there's it's a never ending laundry list. Is that accurate? That's, that's accurate. We actually won the lawsuit against the HOA, and then they punted the ball to the city of Dallas. And so that's where we are now in a separate lawsuit with the city of Dallas, who, as you mentioned, just continued to issue this laundry list item after item after item for the congregation to do. And because because my clients want to be good neighbors and they want to resolve this amicably, they've met every single requirement on that list um, over years now. They have done every single thing the city required. And ironically, the last thing the city asked of them was to get a parking variance. And so even though, as we mentioned, they they walk on the Sabbath, um, it's an equivalent of six spots that they're looking for. We w- still went, we still applied at the city's request to get the variance and were ultimately denied. So that's where first... So wait, so the city <laughs> says you have to get one and then the city won't give them one. That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. So it's, it's bureaucracy at its best. But, but and why won't they give you the variance? Well, they really just listened to the HOA. The HOA showed up. They took off work four days to come to all of these hearings to testify person after person against our congregation and say, we like religious liberty, but we don't want a synagogue here. And I think that's the message we want every every listener and every viewer to understand is um, really your Bible study could be next. Your church could be next if a neighborhood decides that they just like religious liberty, but not really your religious liberty. I think it's, if I may, I think it is worse for Jews than my Bible study because I can choose to have my Bible study at somebody else's house. Okay. So it's a lot easier. But, Rabbi, if I'm um, not mistaken, sorry for butchering this, but there has to be for you to actually have a congregation. Don't you have to have, I don't remember what it's called, a wire that runs around. An A-roof. Okay, right? Yes. So you've had that for how long? Well, we've had that for, it's been in the neighborhood around 20 years. It was created originally by a different congregation. So, but we need that in order just to carry, just to mothers to go with strollers with their children to the synagogue. Okay, this is part of, this is part of, you know, the Torah and it is it's the boundaries of the synagogue that's correct and and so that just that alone the maintenance on that is every week is it not correct so there's no way that this 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 is not like hey i just started a bible study this has been something that everyone is aware of if you live in a jewish community you know you live in a jewish community most likely because you see a lot of people walking on Friday nights and Saturdays. Yeah, and don't forget the inequality that's going on here. If Outside of the city of Dallas, just, this doesn't make as much sense, but if you drive through Dallas, it seems like everybody parks out front of their house. Nobody uses their driveway or their garage in the city of Dallas. They park outside their house. So really wouldn't know if this is a game night that's taking place or is this just uh, you know the Oprah Book of the Month club that happens to be meeting this week. It really is no different than all of those things. But because these individuals are, 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 are somewhat visually obviously going to a place of worship here, they've been specifically targeted here, right? And that, that's where the clear discrimination has come out here. They're not targeting the Oprah Book of the Month Club. They're targeting people who are, are, are walking to go and have their prayers. I will tell you, um, 
there is a Jewish community here that is right by our uh, my faith's temple. We have a temple, and they're they're very to us. They're very sacred. The, I mean, that we sift the dirt like ten feet from the topsoil to take out any imperfections in the you know, make sure no, there's no bottle caps or anything. We take it seriously, and uh, it's sacred ground. When my faith found out that there was a synagogue on the other side, which they knew, but they had never heard that they that that the community, the religious community, says there's a Mormon tax because on one side of the temple the houses are cheaper than the other side mm. because it takes the property is so huge that it takes I think it's an extra three quarters of a mile walk so people want to live on the other side. My faith is putting a gate which I have never ever seen. I think it's the first time in our history that we're putting a gate on our fence. So the religious people, uh, uh, the uh, religious community can walk across our property to get and not be and not have to worry about, well, I have to pay more to live on this side because of this property blocking the way. Incredible. I want you to know that there are there are millions of Christians who are not like this neighbor and this HOA. And we are not living in the 1930s and the 1940s anymore. And there are millions of Christians of of all kinds of faith that feel that way. What's happening here is wrong. What is happening here is sheer bigotry. It is clear sheer bigotry. So how can we help? Well, I'd like to say this is the only case we have going on, and that this is the only situation, but we represent other synagogues throughout the country. We represent other churches and other religious bodies throughout the country all over the United States that are fearing the same issue here. In fact, we, we're looking into a situation right now where they describe themselves as an underground synagogue for fear of the local community rising against them on these issues. Uh, but I would encourage folks to go to firstliberty.org. Let us figure out how we can help you. If you've got a situation, if it's your Bible study, if it's your Sabbath worship, whatever it might be, if you're having an issue with religious land use, let us work with you. Let us evaluate that situation. For those of you that aren't facing that issue, I want you to understand we provide legal services to, to Rabbi Rich and others pro bono. It's for free. He'll never get a, a, a bill from us. And the good news is, we usually win our cases at First Liberty. So if if you're able to, if you need help, go to firstliberty.org, let us help you out. But if you can help out this issue as well, help us provide these legal services, go to firstliberty.org and invest in these types of issues. How, how, what's the next turn in this case? Well, we filed our appeal of the city's denial, um, and we're really, really just hoping for, as I mentioned, an amicable resolution that allows our congregants to pray where they, they live and to live where they pray. That's what we want to happen. You're not alone. You're not alone, Rabbi. And it won't stand. It won't stand. God is a God of miracles, and it won't stand. Thank you. Thank you for your support and for getting our message out. We appreciate it. Anything we can do, you let us know. And anything we can do at First Liberty, you let us know. Um, And please keep us up to date on this story. Will do. Thank you. Thank you. You can read all about it at theblaze.com. I mean, what's tr- truly remarkable about that story is this congregation, th- this is not like a new neighborhood. This is, a, this is a neighborhood that has had a congregation of Jewish people for 20 years. The, the, 
I, I'm sorry, I don't remember what it's called again. He just said, what was it, the aerial? It's an aerial wire that goes around. Uh, right, I had never heard of that before. I, I pride myself in having almost no cultural knowledge whatsoever. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Eruv? Is that an E-R-U-V? E-R-U-V? Uh, maybe. Um, and it's a, it's a wire that goes all the way around the, the district, if you will, of the synagogue. Okay? And so you have to stay within that wire. It's how many steps you can take. You know, it's all Torah stuff, all mm-hmm. Old Testament. And so it, it is a, a defining wire, and it, it also has other uh, things to it. I don't know. Uh, uh, please forgive me if you're Jewish. Um, but, it, uh, but it's really important. In fact, the rabbi has to walk it every week, like Thursday. And if it is broken, the city, at least in New York, the city had to come up and repair it. So they would walk every Thursday, and it has to be repaired before the Sabbath. So it's a really big deal. Right. And it, that's not something like, hey, we're just moving in and just going to have a Bible study. No, no, this is completely different. This is completely different. I don't know why the Bible study person keeps sounding so crazy when you imitate him. But why does he sound like I that? Don't I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I mean, it's just because it's because it's just anybody could do right, that. Anybody could do that. You know what that, I mean? Yeah. And, and, and you can and, move it if you need to. Right. I mean, if I was having a Bible study and we could go over to Pat's house or we go over to your sure. house and we can drive. That's not the same with a Torah study. Another question that popped into my head as you're listening to this is why on earth would you want to live in a community if you felt this way about the people in it? You move into a Jewish community and you just harass them for, for years? Like what? what is that? And let me ask you? you, what's easier for that one guy to move? Or for 25 families to move. Yeah, and, why, and did he move into, why, why did he move there in the first place? I don't know. This has been there for a long time. Yeah. Why move into that community? Probably because he didn't know. How would you not know? You've got a well, wire aground in No, community. you don't really notice those things. Unless you know, you don't notice. I mean, it's a big deal. It seems incredibly unlikely. You that, didn't that look at the house on a Friday and Saturday and saw a bunch of Orthodox The real Jews estate walking. agent doesn't know about the... I mean, of what are the odds do. of it? I mean, it's... Yeah. Like, I don't know. It seems like it's just a harassment it's, issue. It is a harassment, and it seems like an anti-Semitic harassment, and it's got to stop. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network.